Hey, podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us for the All Saints Lutheran Sermon Series of Podcasts. We're so delighted that you've landed on this page, and we ask that you contextualize yourself by reading the descriptor. Enjoy, and let us know what you think. Well, good morning. I, I really want you to continue to watch and comment on the Bible studies that roll out on Thursday mornings. Because if you read a text like that First Corinthians one, you can get a headache. I mean, it's just complicated. So Pastor Tanner this last week did just a wonderful job unpacking that whole piece. It, it's a good time, too, because you get, you get seminary professors like Rebecca over there chattering on and Michael doing a deep dive and all sorts of stuff. So anyway, just a plug for our Thursday morning Bible study that you can watch anytime, and I believe it's also podcasted, so if you're tired of screens, you can listen to us chatter in your head. You're welcome. Well, good morning. Good morning. Has someone ever irritated you by saying something like, God won't give you anything more than you can handle? (laughs) Show of hands. All right. I like this one a little bit better. God will help you walk through the unthinkable. You were never meant to handle it alone. Well, I'm not a fan of euphemisms. Especially like that. And especially when I know they come from the Bible, because so many things are taken out of context in the Bible, and then they're flung at one another. And oftentimes, those phrases or those verses that are taken out of context are used to hurt people. Euphemisms like saying people have even passed away instead of died could be considered sanitizing death instead of naming it for what it is. Death is death, and life is life. All these things are what I call empathy misses. It's like saying, and tell me if you've ever heard this before, God needed another angel in heaven. Anyone? Okay, how many of you have wanted to slap the person? (laughs) Like right upside the head for saying something like that. The reality is, when someone dies tragically or unexpectedly, we want the answer to the why question. We want to blame someone or something for what has happened. And obviously, there are things that occur where people need to be held accountable for their actions, but that's not what I'm talking about today. What I would like us to consider for this week and into the future is moving away from blame and shame and moving towards calming the chatter in our heads, especially when life throws us a curveball. We rarely have an answer to the why question. In fact, when I teach grief work down at Cook, One of the things that I say over and over again is set aside the why question for now so that you can center yourselves and work your way through the grieving process. Jesus makes that clear 
about the question why, why people died when a tower tipped over. Was it sin? Were they sinners? And my question is, like, how do you actually measure that? How do you measure how much sin or how big of a sinner one person is compared to another? All of this sort of thinking is cause and effect, or what we call dogmatic thinking, right or wrong, my way or the highway. And I keep wondering if this isn't part of our struggle in society these days. With a 24-hour news cycle, social media, talking heads on both the right and the left, our brains are filled to capacity with information and misinformation. We are on a constant data-gathering adventure that feels like a roller coaster ride. Or is that just me? How many of you need to take vacations from screens and just turn it off, right? What are we to believe when it comes to these complex issues, warring countries, viruses, politics? Most of what we hear or read creates anxiety and a desire to react in ways that are usually not that helpful. So what's the remedy? Well, I have a th couple of thoughts for us to consider today. What if instead of reacting, we simply waited? What if we stopped talking and ponder what it's like to stand in somebody else's place for a while? What if we create a different pathway of thinking when we encounter difficult situations and began to see all of human relationships as process instead of cause and effect? Because when we're able to see that all of our relationships are reciprocal instead of cause and effect, then we can move away from blame and shame and toward curiosity and wonder. This is illustrated in the parable that Jesus shares with all who will listen. The fig tree is not producing figs. I mean, I like figs. The owner of the land tells the gardener to chop it down. And this is a reactive response. He isn't getting what he wants. He wants the fruit right now. And the gardener responds with caring for and nurturing the soil around the root system to encourage the tree to produce figs. Give it a year. Wait. Wow. I wonder what would happen if we had similar responses to all the anxiety that's swirling around us today. Give it a year. Wait. None of the big issues that we're witnessing can go away in a day. You don't need to wander around pointing at trees and demanding that they get cut down, <laughs> metaphorically speaking, but how many of you want to do that? Instead, we can offer up nurture and care for those who are in need simply by showing up, doing good, and being kind. Be here now, in this moment. I love the quote, preach the gospel always. If necessary, use words. We don't have to have all the answers, but we can change the way we respond during times that are difficult. We can pause and we can breathe. We can take a time out and go for a walk or turn off media and meditate. Maybe we can calm the chatter in our heads when we practice what Jesus suggested, repent. Turn around and take a different direction. 
take a good look at what's going on in your own life instead of aiming the blame and shame at somebody else. Repenting means to change your ways, to mend what needs to be mended, to forgive others and yourself for things that have been said or done, or as the case may be, things that haven't been said or done. We all have an abundance of chatter going on in our heads. It's a universal human condition. So what if we moved away from reacting and moved towards waiting, wondering, pondering, and producing fruit? This last week, I read a book titled Chatter, The Voice in Our Head, Why It Matters, and How to Harness It by Ethan Cross. He wrote about rituals as one way of calming our minds, that which you are doing in being a part of this worshiping community. Cross wrote, the reason rituals are so effective at helping us manage our inner voices is that they're a chatter-reducing cocktail that influences us through several avenues. For one, they direct our attention away from what's bothering us, the demands they are placing on working memory to carry out the tasks of ritual leave little room for anxiety and negative manifestations of the inner voice, unquote. In other words, rituals like forgiveness and absolution, benedictions and blessings, songs and liturgy, they all give us and create a space in our beings to give time to simply be. The sacrament of baptism reminds us that we are named and claimed as God's children. This table is a place of grace that reminds us that we are forgiven because of what Christ has already done on our behalf. Tasting and seeing the body and blood of Christ shed for us can help us recognize the magnificence of God's abundant grace, no matter how much chatter we have rolling around. Siblings in Christ, we have already been given a new life. Now, I believe we are called to wait, listen, repent, and respond to each other with goodness and grace. And for this good news, we can all say, thanks be to God. Amen.